He's alive, isn't he? Amen. Praise the Lord. I thank you so much, choir. What a wonderful time to remember that Christ has risen from the grave. He's conquered the tomb. He has shown himself to be alive and living. I, I rejoice at that, that last song that you sang. Glory to God in the highest. Peace on earth to a weary world. Blessed is he who has come to save us. God in flesh and blood. I think that's the story of Easter. I don't know what you think, but I think Easter is about peace. And I think Easter is about the glory of God as He comes to save us and do the work to save us. What's interesting about Easter, however, is the the peace, I think, um, wasn't very evident on Friday, was it? It looked like all was lost. And certainly the glory wasn't evident as the King hung upon the cross. It almost seems like Easter is is about glory and peace, but it's almost like surprise, glory, surprise, peace. In fact, I I heard a story of a pastor who told about his three-year-old daughter getting ready for an Easter service, and they had laid out the dress and the the Easter bonnet, and they were shopping that week for shoes. And and this little girl, three-year-old girl named Nicole, she, she said to her daddy, I can't wait for Easter, daddy. And this pastor asked her, well, honey, do you know what Easter means? She said, yes, sir. And he said, well, what does Easter mean? And in her own sweet three-year-old way, she she raised her arms and said with a big smile, surprise! (laughs) You know what Easter means? It's a surprise. Surprise, death. Surprise, sin. Surprise, sorrow. Surprise, trouble. Jesus is alive. He is alive. Glory to God in the highest. Peace to a weary world. In fact, I love the surprise that the disciples had. According to John's Gospel in John chapter 20, the Bible says in verse 19, on the evening of that day, the first day of the week, the doors being locked where the disciples were for fear of the Jews. You see, there, there was no expectation for them of the resurrection. They weren't expecting it at all. They were hiding. They were filled with fear. Despite all the promises that Jesus gave ahead of time, I'm going to be crucified and three days later I'll rise again. He said over and over. They didn't believe it and their hearts were filled with sorrow. And not only sorrow, but he tells us they were filled with fear. To them it it was all over. And so they met. They gathered together perhaps to find some solace, but they met in, in terror and sadness, perhaps listening on the steps to see if anyone was coming, the door locked tight, maybe waiting for the Romans to come and and arrest them at any moment, or the Jews to come and drag them out. And it's in the midst of that sorrow and, and, and fear that John tells us, Jesus came and stood among them. He didn't knock. right? He didn't utter the secret password. He just appeared right there in the middle of him, his body glorified and able to do wonderful things like that. And I don't know if that was consoling or even more terrifying for them. In fact, Luke tells us that when Jesus stood in their midst, they panicked. And you can kind of understand why, can't you? If, if you uh, love someone dearly and you gather together with friends and remember him and mourn him and all of a sudden, bam, he's right in the middle. How, howdy guys, how you doing? Right, that would, that would shake you a little bit, and it certainly shook them, and they were filled with fear, Luke tells us. And so what are the words that Jesus brings, the first words of our resurrected Lord? Well, the Bible tells us, and He said to them, Peace 
be with you. Peace to a weary world is what he brings. This is what he offered. And it's amazing to me because in light of who these people are, I mean, these are the ones who only days ago turned their back upon him in his time of greatest need, ran in order to save themselves as they dragged their master off to be tortured and eventually crucified. These are the ones who broke all their promises that we will never leave you no matter what happens to us. And we almost expect Jesus to show up and say, shame on you. Do you have any explanation for your behavior? Do you have something to say? Or maybe we expect him to show up and say, Hey guys, I just wanted you to know I'm alive, but you're all a bunch of losers, and so I'm going to go find some other people. Right? So bye-bye. We don't see that at all, do we? He shows up, and, and he comes, and he announces to them, Peace to you. Peace to a weary world. I think that's what Easter is about. I think he comes to us even today this way, that that we too who have fallen, we have broken our promises. We too have turned our back on him. and, And he comes to offer us peace. He doesn't wait for us to crawl back to Him begging for one, man, one more chance or justify our selfish behavior. No, Jesus comes to sinners with arms open wide saying, I bring peace with me, peace to a weary world. I think this is the promise for all who grieve over loss or are anxious over their future. This is the hope for all those gripped in, the, in temptation or lost in life seeking answers. This is his offer to anyone who feels rejected and those who cannot fix their broken heart. In every troubled heart, Christ comes and says, I bring peace if you will receive it. Peace to a weary world. In fact, it's interesting. I appreciate you all singing about the incarnation. When, when Jesus was born... The, The angels came and and proclaimed peace on earth. And then when Jesus was preparing to die, he gathered his apostles together and he said to them, Peace I leave you, my peace I give you. And then when Jesus rises from the dead, the first words that he has are peace to you. You see, in his birth and in his death and in his resurrection, Jesus is working to bring peace to a weary world. And these individuals were weary indeed. In fact, even after that announcement, peace be with you, John says when he had said this, he showed them his hands and his side. In fact, Luke will tell us that even after the announcement of peace, they were still startled and frightened and thought they saw a spirit. And so what Christ is doing, he's reassuring them. He's saying, look, look at the nail prints on my wrist or my hand. And somehow he slips his arm out of his his garment and he pulls it down that they might see the side in which has been pierced for their transgressions. And and of course, they don't know what's going on. They they saw him die, right? And and they're looking at him and, oh wait, we saw you die three days ago. Now you're in the middle and they think it's a spirit. I'm sure maybe they thought they're hallucinating. Maybe maybe if you're standing in that room, you're thinking, "Um, uh, is anybody else seeing what I'm seeing? Right? Does anyone else see that man standing there talking to us? Is he an angel? Is he a ghost? They, they didn't know. And Jesus is showing them evidence. He says, come. Later he'll, he'll say, touch me. Give me a hug. I'll show you that I'm alive. I'm, give me something to eat. I'm real. I'm here. He rose from the dead, not simply spiritually, but bodily, physically, historically. Jesus conquered the grave. And he's showing them. I'm alive. You want a hug? He says, look at me. Touch me. And the Bible tells us in John's Gospel after he did this, the disciples were glad when they saw the Lord. They were overjoyed. 
But what's interesting about him showing the scars is I don't think he's just simply trying to reassure them that it's truly him, though he is doing that. But I think he's doing something far deeper. I think he's not just showing them that he's alive, but he is showing them the reason they can have peace with God. It is because of his scars. And even though Christ has been glorified and has this glorified body that is evidently able to appear wherever it wants to at any time, yet it still bears the scars in which he purchased our redemption. A reminder, a continual reminder, I imagine, that salvation has been accomplished, that it has been paid. This is how we can have peace with God. It's as if Jesus is showing up and saying, I alone have been pierced for your transgressions. I alone have shed my blood for the forgiveness of your sin. I alone make peace between you and God. Look at my hands. I made peace with these. Look at my side. I have made peace with God through this. I have satisfied the law's demands. I have satisfied justice. And now there is peace between you and God if you will receive it. See, it has to be received. The peace has to be taken. In fact, it's not simply just receiving the peace, it's receiving Christ. We can either receive Him or we can turn from that offer and we can walk our way and say, "Uh, well, I'll find my own way. I don't need your peace with God and many will turn their back on Him. I pray that would not be the case for anyone in this room, that we would receive Him as our peace. The Bible tells us in Romans 5 and verse 1, since we have been justified by faith. That's how we receive it. By trusting in Christ, by surrendering our life to Him, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ. Perhaps if there's one here this evening that does not have peace with God, I want to offer that to you. On on behalf of Christ, on the authority of God's Word, I offer you peace with God by trusting in Christ. And for all of us who have trusted in this resurrected Lord, we know that, that He has blazed a trail for us. That, that His future is our future. That though we too will pass through death if He tarries, we too shall have a resurrected body like Him and follow Him in life into a place where there's no sin or sorrow, a place where there's no shame or sadness. In other words, this weary world one day will end forever. It will be done away with and all there will be for eternity day after day is peace with one another in perfect love and harmony, and more importantly, peace with God. And so I bring you good news tonight. Jesus is alive. Jesus is alive. Therefore, glory to God in the highest, for He brings peace to a weary world. Let us thank Him. Father in heaven, we thank You for our Lord. We thank You that He has conquered the grave. We thank You that He has appeared to witness after witness, showing, giving us evidence that we too, thousands of years later, might believe that that Easter Sunday He rose from that tomb, triumphant over the grave, proving that He has done the work needed for our redemption. I pray, Father, in this week, this holy week, as we consider the work of Christ, it would inflame our hearts with love for Him, that we might live today and tomorrow and forevermore for His glory because of the peace He brought, we pray in Jesus' name. And all God's people said, Amen. 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 You are dismissed, I think. Is that right? All right.